Hey, good evening, everybody. How you doing? Okay. Hope everybody's okay. Hope everybody's doing well. Okay, so in a moment here, I'm going to uh, I'm going to mute the participants. However, what I would like to call your attention to is that um, uh, one of the features of this uh, amazing thing called Zoom is that you can chat. There's a little button somewhere on your screen where you could chat. If you pull down the participants, you could chat. And that's a great way to write questions. Last night we did it. People wrote in questions while, and we tried to cover the questions. So people who want to do that would be great. At this point, I'm just going to mute so people don't have to worry so much about the background, about the background noise. Okay, good evening everybody. We're here again in these unusual circumstances with, uh, with uh, the second installment in the series which we've been calling Pesach Preparations for the Unprepared. Uh, many people see themselves in a very different situation in terms of the upcoming Yom Tov of Pesach than they anticipated. All kinds of plans, plans to be in Eretz Yisrael, plans to be with uh, family members in other places, plan to be, plans to be in hotels, plans to have family members together with, with, with us. Uh, many of these are in serious question or, or just uh, organ. And I want to spend some time. Last night, we spoke about the technicalities of preparing for Pesach when one is starting out to prepare for Pesach at the last minute or in the last few weeks. And we spent uh, a nice amount of time together uh, trying to help everyone understand that this process does not need to be um, a, a, a huge, huge uh, military effort, but rather that in a modest way, we're able to properly and completely prepare for Pesach. And uh, I hope that you found it instructive and I hope you found it encouraging. Uh, we are still, and that's not going to be the subject for tonight, going to talk, going to speak about turning over the kitchen uh, for Pesach. Um, last night, again, we covered most of the rest of the house and uh, some basic ideas to prepare to be stocked for the things that you'll need for the kitchen for Pesach, for making a kosher for Pesach, and for being able to go ahead. But tonight, I want to focus on something that we didn't focus on uh, much last night, but which we've fielded a whole number of questions uh, from different people about, and uh, it's worth it for us to discuss. Uh, and that is, what do we hope for, what do we plan for, in terms of Pesach and the Pesach plans? Um, so let's be clear about one thing, what we're hoping for. Of course, we're hoping that Benisa Nasidim Lehigoyah, we're hoping that, uh, that uh, this uh, very difficult scenario will be planting the seeds in Hashem for Geula Krova that, uh, that we will have Bimherab Yameinu. And we still have the ability to hope and pray to make it all the way and to have Pesach in Eretz Yisrael this year. Uh, however, uh, at the same time, everyone is planning and preparing for Pesach. Um, we know that... Uh, 
Eretz Yisrael has closed its borders for people to be able to come for Pesach. So those who had plans to go to Eretz Yisrael, uh, you know, that opportunity, Bedera Chateva, right now at this point in time, is closed. Uh, there will not be Pesach hotels. Uh, the gatherings, which are limited, of course, include all kinds of Pesach hotels. So those plans are also gone. Where the more practical questions that are still somewhat on people's minds are with regard to plans to be visiting, to be visiting family to family uh, for the Yom Tov of Pesach. Can we expect uh, to be able to go anywhere for the Yom Tov of Pesach? Can we expect to be able to share Yom Tov with family members, even if those family members don't live, uh, don't live all that far away? And um, you know, the difficult answer to that question is that it would seem that the way each and every one of us needs to be thinking right now is to prepare for the anticipation that you'll have to be for Pesach exactly where you are, and that you'll have to be for, Pe- for Pesach with the people with whom you are right now at this point in time. Uh, people from other cities, will they be able to come here? It's not clear 100% whether they will be able to come here, and it's certainly not clear at all that they should come here. Right now, the approach, the public health approach, which every one of us has to be thinking about and adhering to, is stay home, save lives. I've shared this already many times, and I'm going to continue to share it, because I think it's the mantra which has to be on people's minds, that we're dealing here with the circulation of a virus which we are trying to slow down, which the successful public health effort which is out there, which has worked wherever there has been some success in slowing down this virus in different parts of the world, has been to, to slow the circulation of the virus by having people stay in place and not go out and not go around. Now that should impact the behavior of each of us you know, all the time, all the time, every day, uh, in terms of what we're doing. We should be staying home as much as possible. We should be really limiting our ventures outside, whether we are elderly or a risk population in one way or the other, or whether we are just, uh, or, or whether we're not. Um, people should be staying inside, excuse me for the background music, I'm sorry, um, uh, should be staying inside, close to home, uh, at home as much as possible. It's appropriate to go outside and get fresh air and walk alone or walk with somebody you know, in your home, you know, from your home, who you're spending the time with anyway. But otherwise, people shouldn't be circulating. All circulation just brings the, 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 the contact between people who are likely transferring the virus one to another. And so we have to assume that we're going to stay where we are for Pesach. I hate to say it, but we have to assume that we're going to be staying where we are for Pesach. And that will include, in many, many cases, unless Bezos Hashem thinks things change dramatically, but again, in terms for planning purposes, so that nobody's caught any more flat-footed than we are already, uh, that will include people from out of town. Uh, It's certainly not uh, great for people to be coming from, you know, the tri-state area showing up for Pesach when, you know, we know that the infection rates uh, are are rising, uh, you know, there, unfortunately. 
and um, you know, we, we, those who do come will need to really be staying to themselves, and uh, it's not a good idea for them to be circulating together with uh, with family. Um, if a person has a separate area in their house, you know, perhaps you know that could work, but generally speaking, the the public health wisdom at this point in time is that people should be staying where they are. I just mentioned in a different context that we're about to celebrate the Yom Tov of Pesach, and the Yom Tov of Pesach had a rule in Mitzrayim, which was, V'atem lo seitzu ishmi Pesach besoad boker, nobody should leave the door of their house until the morning. And that established for once and for all that the safest place for a person should be in their own home. And uh, that's something we have to dust off now and, uh, and recognize again, that the safest place is, is, is in the home. Uh, whether people should be interacting with family members that live under separate roofs, you know, but within the community, assume that they'll be able to be together for Pesach. Uh, again, there's, there's great question. Um, those who are grandparents, who are you know, older, a little bit over the age of, some would say, 60, 65. Um, the notion of being close, spending time in close quarters with, uh, with many children and grandchildren, uh, you know, potential carriers, significantly potential carriers of this, uh, it's, it's not clear that that's going to be a good idea. Is it possible that if people are staying inside for 14 days and symptom-free, that there will be a different ruling Know, coming down the line at that point in time that it could be that it'll be appropriate that's certainly something we can hope for it's something we should pray for that we would be able to have that but again right now i think the better part of wisdom is for people to plan to assume that they're going to be in place in their homes with the people who are with them right now you know in their homes Several people have, have raised questions and asked, again, about these you know, close family members and so on who live in the same city and, and intermingling with them easily. Even that is not a simple thing. If you want to come together and hunker down and stay together before things, so you know, perhaps that's something which could be okay. But realize each family functions in its own circle, picked up things from whoever they interacted with. And when they get together... They're now blending and building a bigger loop, a bigger circle of exposure between themselves. Then when this one goes out to the store and that one goes out to the store, they're expanding it further. And uh, it's something that we have to be guarded about and careful about. It's a concern for ourselves and it's a tremendous responsibility uh, to the community at large uh, to, to not, heaven forbid, in any which way cause harm. So. So the purpose, really, of these, um, these discussions about Pesach preparation for the unprepared is with that, as a, with that as a premise. I'm going to pause for a minute in order to be able to see if there are any questions which have been posed. So far, there haven't. Um, uh, but I welcome, if anybody wants to pose a question you know, on this, we'll be happy to, we'll be happy to, to take it. Um, the, the, in terms of the preparation for Pesach, when we talked about preparing the house, so we had that discussion yesterday about, about part of preparing the house, preparing the kitchen. Sure, for many people, 
the notion of being able to cook and prepare for Pesach is something which is very concerning. Uh, the, the, the good news is that a number of the kosher establishments in the community are going to be preparing ready-made Pesach food that people will be able to, will be able to buy and uh, would obviate the need for people to really do the whole thing for those for whom that would be, that would be much easier. I would note in general that many of our establishments are suffering very significantly right now. Uh, the period before Pesach is actually a period very often where people did buy and eat out more and, uh, you know, so that they could focus on preparing their kitchens for Pesach. And this year there's no open restaurant for eat in business. There are many places that are open for takeout and any service which we can provide any service, any business which we can provide them by buying from them would be a, a wonderful, wonderful thing, a beautiful, beautiful mitzvah. Uh, some of them are, are pivoting to be able to provide ready-made Pesach food, and that's something, again, which people would be encouraged and would be wise and good uh, and helpful uh, to, take, to, take advantage, uh, to take advantage of. Um, there, was a, there was a question about any chance... That, if we'll be able to daven together on Yom Tov, there are chances of everything. And again, we're, we're, we're hopeful. We can hope that we'll be able to. There's no way we can plan for that right now at this point in time. We don't know how long this, uh, this instruction, avoiding gatherings, will, will continue. Um, as you know, probably from looking at news, you know, all, you know, the school closures in different states have taken on different ed- end dates. You know, I think in New York, they already declared close till the end of April. Could be that they even updated or extended that. In Baltimore, uh, the instruction was two weeks at a time. You know, Halavai, we can still hope and pray that we'll be able to come together to daven together on Yontiv in person, uh, but we don't know. And uh, that's something we can pray for, and I don't think we have to plan for one way or the other. When it comes to the Pesach discussion, so we have to uh, we have to plan again. Hopefully, you'll be able. I'll be able to go and to be together. Well, hopefully, we'll be able to go l'shana hazeh birushalayim, but um, or we'll be able to make some kind of travel plans. But right now, we have to plan to be prepared in case we have to stay exactly exactly uh, where we are. Um, another question which was which was posed here. Is it possible or advisable to change minag about not selling chametz gomor since there's uncertainty about ease of getting food afterwards? Uh, we touched upon this a little bit yesterday and I want to repeat it. I think it's a very important question and I'm glad that it was asked. Uh, I think it, it is the case that people who are concerned about that and uh, have reason to be concerned about that, that they should be more lenient when it comes to selling chametz gomer, when it comes to selling things that they would not normally in their custom sell, that they should, they, they can be lenient to sell chametz gomer uh, this, uh, this year. Uh, I was asked if we have relatives out of town who are making plans to spend yamta with other families, relatives from other cities, should we be warning them to not do so? And uh, I think that the answer to that question is yes, yes, they should be warned. Uh, they should be warned to be prepared not to do so. Uh, according to current instructions, you know, it would hardly seem, would hardly seem, uh, you know, prudent, appropriate you know, for them to do so. You know, if they were trying, you know, right now to, 
get out of their city for whatever reason, if they were, had some particular worry about the city which they were in, and they want to go to a different city, and in that city they can lie low and not be mingling with the population, even the population of the houses of their families, uh, if they're coming from an area of active transmission, uh, you know, they could do that. Uh, they could do that. I would, uh, I could, you know, candidly mention that to some degree we're doing that with uh, with one of our children who's who's who, who came but is not, you know, with us. You know, with us properly, you know, within the house, uh, in order to maintain some kind of separation. But for them to just show up in town, on erev yamtiv, um, right now I would not assume that that would be. An appropriate thing to do. I don't know if it'll be even a permitted, a permitted thing to do, but uh, the the carefree attitude, which is still to some degree out there from those who aren't educating themselves enough about the responsibility and the public health issue that we have, is something that we should all be educating each other about, and uh, don't let people snicker, don't let people snicker at you. There were a lot of people who who have come around to realize how things have developed, that this is indeed a very, very serious, very serious challenge, and um, people should be, should be preparing themselves for Pesach in place, for Pesach in place. Uh, someone asked if uh, the Tfilas uh, Kalim question, which we mentioned yesterday, we would discuss in a later shear, if it'll be addressed today. I'm not going to address it any further today. Again, I'm still not perfectly comfortable. There are those who have given some instructions about taking Kalim to a Kalim mikveh um, and, uh, and so on. I'm still not, not perfectly comfortable advising people to do that. Uh, you know, if someone wants to, uh, to, to get in their car and drive to some place where there's a, a, a big, you know, to the Chesapeake Bay, and get out of their car when they're not around anybody and take their kalim and tovel them in the Chesapeake Bay. That's a great idea. They could certainly do that. Um, I don't want to talk about doing it in a kalim mikveh. And in terms of creative ideas to avoid tfilas kalim, uh, I'm going to save that for another time. I want to, uh, to present that suggestion just with, uh, with, uh, with a, a little bit more of, uh, of agreement with others on that suggestion. So that's the that's uh, that's the unfortunate, you know, so to speak, and like the sobering news, in terms of uh, in terms of what we should plan for, in that sense for Pesach. I want to also say that people should not assume or think about a Pesach of deprivation. Uh, Bezus Hashem, people will be able to have what they need. Another part of communal awareness and communal responsibility is, uh, so to speak, to shop responsibly. Uh, we don't have to strip the stores of their contents. Um, if we do things in a more managed way with, without panic buying, Bezos Hashem, supply will be able to be maintained. That's a critical service which will, God willing, be able to be maintained. It's not something we should, we should be obsessing about and worrying about. And when we do the panic buying, it makes it much harder for everybody else much harder for the stores to manage, much harder for the other customers. Uh, there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of kindness and communal-mindedness that is emerging in this, 
in this uh, situation. Um, those of you who are on the shul email list, which I assume are most of you um, who are on here tonight, saw, for example, the email which I was able to share earlier today from a group that has uh, undertaken to be able to provide food deliver deliveries of basic and important staples to those who shouldn't be going out at all, to people who are a little older, to people who have some kind of high risk, you know, health uh, issue that would have them not going out at all. Again, most of us should hardly be going out, uh, not be going out for daily shopping trips at all. But for those who can't, we have a service. There's a group of volunteers in the community who have come together, so many different beautiful initiatives of people who are doing amazing things for the community. And whether we're up to being part of that or not, but we should be communally minded when it comes to things like shopping and not trying to just you know take for 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 ourselves as um, you know we we should make sure that 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 things are balanced and there's communal concern expressed in everything that we do for communal health and for communal for communal supply. Um, someone asked a question. If uh, considering the general population's concern about shortages, is it bad optics for our community to be burning chametz, as it may be appear to be insensitive to the non-religious population around us and can be skewed by media in the current environment? Um, it, it, it's um, it's uh, very far away today from the burning of chametz. I don't know what we're going to be doing. I don't think that there's going to be a big public burning of chametz at all. Uh, because that's a situation which is exactly the kind of communal gathering which is most dangerous. And, um, you know, if, again, with Hashem's help, this whole thing is a, is a bad memory by Erev Pesach, which we, can hope and, which we hope and pray for, so then there might be a communal burning of chametz in one location. Otherwise, that won't be the case at all. And uh, I, uh, I don't want to get ahead, but uh, people who will ask me, I would tell them to, you know, that those 10 little pieces of bread, uh, I don't know if they should burn them or more likely they should just uh, dispose of them some other way. We don't want to be counseling people. The reason why we have a communal burning of chametz is because we don't like the idea of everybody starting a fire in their own house. Uh, if they do, it would be, uh, you know, in their own backyard. So people could flush it down the toilet. It's ideal to burn, but these are not ideal circumstances. And... Um, and that's a fine way to do it. So yes, I don't think we should have massive burnings of food or things like that. As was said before, it's a time to be lenient in terms of selling more chametz than we usually sell, rather than rather than the opposite. But there will not be a public burning of the chametz, as far as we can tell in Mirzash, uh, as far as we can tell this uh, this coming year, this coming Pesach, uh, this immediate Pesach. Okay, so I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, to, 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 to speak just a little bit about Shabbos and uh, the Shabbos which is coming and with, with some applicability about preparing for, for Yom Tov, for the Yom Tov as well. So it's Shabbos tomorrow, tomorrow night, Baruch Hashem. And uh, there's, a, there's a, a welcoming of Shabbos which we have, which, we're, which we used to have, um, which we are used to having. And uh, that is that we get to somehow, instead of the running around and the communication and so on and so forth, which we are constantly barraged with, we get a break from it. 
Uh, now, this Shabbos is a little bit more complicated um, for uh, many people. The world, again, of this communication, electronic communication has been a lifeline uh, in order to enable us to, uh, to stay connected uh, with other people. We have shul life over the, over the computer and over the phone. We will not have that. We will not have that this Shabbos. Uh, the Shabbos, when Shabbos comes, Bez Hashem, we, we, you know, the, the phones go off, the computers go off, and we're there for ourselves. So I want to talk about a couple of things related to that. First and foremost, um, just as a medical matter, we hope and pray that nobody else, period, and nobody on this call has any reason for concern with regard to the, for the regard to the coronavirus or anything like that. However, if a person should develop some kind of concern and they would normally want to call their doctor, of course they should call their doctor as well on Shabbos. Uh, they may want to educate themselves a little before about what they should call, what they shouldn't call, uh, symptoms which could be managed at home. The conventional wisdom right now is that they should be managed at home. But if, again, if it was happening during the week, if you would want to call the doctor or want to call ahead to the ER to ask, then do so. And then do so. The, 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 um, do so on Shabbos as well. Um, other than that, again, we're not going to be using our phones and we'll be, we will be on our own. The, so the, the, the way to treat Shabbos when we're just by ourselves at home. So there are certain things which are just generally advisable uh, in this whole uh, period where people are at home much more than usual. One is that, you know, you see me here, I'm wearing my suit and tie. Um, I do take off my jacket during the day, just like I do when there isn't coronavirus. But the, the first conventional important wisdom is that when a person's spending time at home, they should get dressed like they're a person with a regular routine and try as much as possible to maintain that regular routine. On Shabbos, that applies as well, and it applies extra because the chibadato, the mitzvah of honoring the Shabbos to dress specially and to wear unique clothes for Shabbos is not a mitzvah to show to other people. It's a mitzvah to show to Shabbos. And it feels especially rewarding when a person dresses up to honor the Shabbos. It makes the Shabbos more real, even if nobody in the world except for themselves is there to, is there to see it. Uh, I'll tell you for myself something which I'm hoping for and looking forward to this Friday night, something that I never really get a chance to see is I want to watch uh, my, my, my wife light Shabbos Neres. I never get to see that. I'm always out the door to go to Daven Mincha. And uh, this Shabbos, we're quote-unquote stuck at home, and we have to take advantage of opportunities, opportunities like that. Um, I, I think that for each of us, we should try to think of the opportunities that are there in this coming Shabbos. Now, I want to recognize that for some people on this call, so they will think and strategize about how they're going to manage Shabbos at home with their family or, or with a spouse. There are many people who are on this call who uh, I assume who are on this call haven't looked and examined, uh, but who, who uh, live alone. Um, 
and, uh, and for them, this could be a little bit more complex. I would like to welcome and invite anybody who has uh, you know, that situation you know, to reach out to me, uh, to reach out to me to, 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 to speak about it. Um, it, it. It may be the case. It may be the case that in certain careful, limited circumstances, uh, two people would come together, you know, two single people would come together to just uniquely those two, not these two people, this shab- this person with this person, this Shabbos, and this person with that person next Shabbos. But, uh, you know, it's not good to be you know, completely isolated. And during the week, we can connect with uh, virtual means, but on Shabbos, we don't have that. Uh, so, for example, uh, a, a young a, a, a young woman reached out to me who, who, who lives alone, who usually goes places for Shabbos, and said, you know, what should I be doing this Shabbos? And uh, she was able to identify a family that was willing to commit to have her for the Shabbos meals together, a family with which she has a close relationship, for as long as this lasts. So she's just going to be another member of the family in that circle, and not going in and out with other families, and otherwise lying low. And in situations like that, that's something which can be done. It's not something that will say, oh, we're just going to be together with this couple this week, and we're just going to be together with this couple next week, or we're just going to be together with this person you know, the week after. That's a disaster. That's enlarging the circles. But just to someone who doesn't have family that they're living under the roof with, which, where they're sharing, they can perhaps create a single buddy, a buddy system relationship and um, you know that would be something to think about uh, for this Shabbos and uh, and and going forward. I would encourage everyone to uh, you know to try to think a little bit a little bit in advance if you can, or at least on Shabbos, to make it you know different and extra special. We've had an experience of davening together, uh, you know, over the over the internet to to, to bring a new level to what it's like davening at home. And I think we should do the same if a person's, whether a person's home alone or they're home with others, to make the tefillah of Shabbos something meaningful and significant. Kriyas HaTorah usually means reading, listening to somebody read the Parsha from the Torah. Um, this week we're learning about the Mishkan. The Mishkan is such a beautiful thing. Maybe you have a book at home which shows the pictures of it that you can study better. Maybe you can print something up off of the off of the internet to have to look at, um, but do something for that for that uh, kriyas hatorah uh, to be able to to be able to do it. Uh, one opportunity which I think I'm going to have this Shabbos, which I've never had, is I'm thinking I'm thinking about uh, making kiddush during the haftorah. I've never had a chance to do that, and I think maybe it might be even legitimate this week. Um, um, but there are all kinds of opportunities which are there for us here at this, at this point in time. Uh, someone asked if we're allowed to dive in outdoors, uh, outdoors in the backyard. Um, if the question is to dive in as an individual outside, so, so um, there is an advantage in halacha to not davening completely outside, to daven, uh, you know, to daven under a roof, um, to daven in a, in, it's considered to perhaps induce a little bit more humility in the in tefillah, in prayer. 
Um, if a person wants to daven, for example, Kabbalah Shabbos outside, that's not, not a problem at all. I think the main issue would be just for Shemona Esrei. If a person wants to daven the rest and then step inside for Shemona Esrei, there's an advantage. If the question is about davening with a minion outdoors, no. They should not, nobody should be davening with a minion indoors, outdoors, or anything of the like. But just to stand outside to daven, you know, that is, um, that is okay. And uh, again, in general, we encur- encourage very strongly fresh air and some, some exercise, you know, to walk around. Don't walk around with people other than people in your house or near people, but... Um, but, uh, but please try to get out and to stretch your legs and to do, uh, and to do, and to do more. And to do more. So let's try, Bezus Hashem, to, to, uh, to prepare for a meaningful Shabbos. Uh, I want to invite everyone who's on this that, uh, to have a bit of community. Emir Hashem, tomorrow afternoon, we're going, to have, we're going to get together as a shul at 6.15 on Zoom. And uh, I want to encourage you, ask you, to be prepared for Shabbos by 6.15, men, women, and children, um, uh, to be prepared early. At 6.15, we're going to daven Mincha together. And following Mincha, we're going to have a little bit of an, a pre-Shabbos, Onik Shabbos. Uh, one of the features is going to be a, a story that's going to be shared by Rabbi Dinovitzer. And uh, if uh, I know many of you have heard our enormously, enormously wonderful and gifted Rabbi Dinovitzer share stories, uh, the question is who will enjoy it more, the adults or the children? But certainly if there are children in your home, make sure that they're prepared so that they get a chance to hear it. And I don't think that there's anyone who's too old for one of Rabbi Dinovitzer's wonderful, wonderful stories. And we'll also share a couple words of Torah and some, some nigun, some song together and finish in time that people will be able to light Shabbos candles even a little bit, a little bit early. One should not be making minyanim from the front porches, as, uh, as we said. Um, you know, a person wants to stand outside and sing Kabbalah Shabbos and their neighbor's singing Kabbalah Shabbos to the next house, that's fine. I, I don't think you could even make a minyan if people are, are uh, stretched out over a block. Um, you know, from house to house, uh, a, a minion to constitute a minion it has to be inside of one resource, inside of one domain. And, uh, you know, a minion can be made outdoors where people are, are somewhat close to each other. But for instance, when people are on separate decks or things like that, I don't think they can even combine technically for a minion. Uh, but, but, uh, but most important is, again, we, we've, we've made this rule because it's extremely important not to be congregating. We're worried about the abuses of it. So no minyanim outside. You want to sing together with the person, with your next door neighbor who's, who's there, that's fine. Except uh, if, uh, if you... <laughs> okay, I hope, I hope the neighbors will join you and not mind. Um, will there be, there be a link sent out for tomorrow, 6.15 p.m. minyan? There certainly will be, Amir Tzashem. There'll be links sent, sent out earlier tomorrow so that everyone will be able to know how to, how, to, how to get involved in it. But it's really, really something, it's an opportunity to, to get together and to, and to be together. To get together and to be together. Um, the, the, uh, I want to conclude with a vort, with a thought. 
in the Parsha this week, it says that um, that uh, all of the ch- the Chachmei Lev, I'm going to read to you the Pasuk, excuse me, I'll take, uh, we'll, we'll look for it right here. It says, Vayavayu, It says uh, that they came, all of the wise people, that their hearts filled them with chachma to know to do uh, that which, uh, which, which, which had to be done in order to be able to, to, you know, to do the Meleches HaKodesh. So the Pasuk describes, all that Hashem had given them the wisdom in their hearts, all whose hearts uplifted them to approach the malacha, to approach the craft, uh, to be able to do it. So the Ramban notes that the language here is that these people came forward to do this work, lifted up by their hearts, just moved by their hearts to come, to come forward to do it. And he says, because you have to understand, there was nobody there who was trained in any of these art forms. The Jewish people were... Uh, were um, Brickworkers in Mitzrayim. They were building pyramids. Their hands were rough. They weren't doing the fine crafts of weaving or preparing gold and silver. So here they were doing something which was entirely different than anybody's training. How did they know how to do it? They didn't have any training. But their hearts lifted them, meaning they came forward, the Ramban writes, and they said, Hey, I can do that. And they found within themselves a koach, an ability that moments before, perhaps, they didn't even know that they had. And uh, what we are experiencing now is exactly that kind of a time. Uh, none of us trained for this. None of us practiced for this. This is a, a shock. It's very different than anything we, we, we've known. But people will find within themselves, you, you, every person here on this call will find within yourself a capacity that you didn't know that you had. There are things that you're going to do, that you're going to create, to think creatively, to have a beautiful Shabbos, to be able to manage your issues for yourself, to be able to manage issues for people around you, uh, that, uh, that you will come up with. We're seeing it happen everywhere with, with so many. Hope and pray that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives everybody that wisdom to come mm-hmm. forth. It should indeed flow from us and be able to share it with others, to be able to be shared uh, with, with others. Keep us strong, keep everybody strong. And may we hear Besuros Tovos, may we hear this situation turn around very, very quickly, very, very soon. May we indeed be Zoha to Gula Shlema, to a complete redemption, Bimheru Viameno. This Shior, this talk, and last night's talk were both recorded and uh, we will try to be able to get the links uh, sent out as well over the next day or so. Have a good night. Have a good Shabbos. Hope to see many of you at Chakras in the morning and all of you tomorrow afternoon at 6.15. All the best. What I'm going to do, if it's okay, is one second. I'm going to unmute so that everybody could just hear the sounds of everybody, of all the participants on the call. Uh, not to say thank you to me, just buzz, just talk, thank you. Hello, <laughs> everybody. Bye bye, everybody.
Nice to see you. It's good to be together. Community is great. Nothing like it. Thank you very much. Mazel tov on your great grandson's bris. <laughs> Good to see everybody. Yes? Okay. Yes? Absolutely, absolutely. Separate iPads. Okay, good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, man. Thank you.